distance Join the resistance Come on, let's start by talking tactics Have a pass and match this Here's how we practice The last order conversation David Jason Hey everybody, welcome to Pop Culture Continuum This is John Elliott This is Patrick McCarty And this week we have another guest Kristen Kristen Hi. Yeah. <laughs> Another one of my many, many co-workers. Yes. And uh, I'm actually glad uh, I was looking over our list of guests on this, and and it's like pretty evenly matched uh, women and men on this REM podcast, which is kind of cool. Yeah, huh. Which, which uh, I, I mean, I guess makes sense, seeing that Michael Stipe is bi. Yeah. <laughs> so. Good point. Plus, it's like, I think in the 80s, I think they really, I don't know. I think they spoke to a lot of different people. So yeah, I agree. De- definitely more so than uh, a lot of the other indie mm-hmm. acts. Sure. But let's start this one. Uh, I okay. guess I'll do it this time. The the top 100 singles of 1988, the year Green came out. I think now we're kind of getting more into, like I said before, where alternatives starting to make the charts. I so. think you yeah. should keep doing it until REM's actually on the list. <laughs> I know. I, I checked and REM is not on the list for this year, 1988. Although uh, what they did have their biggest charting single of the eighties this year. Mm. But, but, um, but so for 1988, some of the top 100 uh, faith by George Michael, actually a good song. I think mm-hmm. uh, I would agree. Need you tonight in excess again. I, I like that one. Mm-hmm. Um, got my mind set on you, George Harrison. Uh, Rick Astley, never going to give you up. Oh, God. Blast from the past. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet child of mine. Um, so, oh, so emotional, Whitney Houston. Wait, is never going to give you up the Rick Roll song? Yeah. So that's more famous than any of these other songs now. Oh, yeah. It, it definitely more famous than, I think, George Michael's more famous for other things than than faith at this yeah. point um as like is Whitney Arrested Houston. development yeah yeah arrested development um are they doing a season five of that does anybody know i think they're supposed to netflix and then a movie after so. that yeah because that would be that would be an even shittier ending to it than the third season uh, <laughs> not that the third season was bad it was just uh i was just upset that they were ending it but yeah no definitely I, yeah i think their plan was to do more if they, but it's just so hard to get all those people together. So I guess most people are hoping that the the people who are successful in that show have unsuccessful careers so they can do more rest development. Well, I I don't think anybody's really hitting it out of the park in their careers at this point, are they? Yeah, I know. I guess before uh, they were, but now they're not. Like Will Arnett had lots lots of stuff going on, and Jason Bateman had a bunch of movies, and mm-hmm. yeah, a lot was going on. But it doesn't seem like now, so maybe they'll be more willing to do it. I don't yeah, know. Well, I think Will Arnett. Uh, show got canceled too wasn't his one of the ones that got canceled this oh, year i don't know i mean i would hope so but no yeah. no his, his show didn't get canceled i don't oh, think didn't? So. Oh. It's, it's it's unfortunately very popular it's oh. a comedy on cbs i don't think there is any depths to which a, a show can sync on that network That's true. <laughs> i don't know what 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 comedies other comedies are on cbs are there any good ones i don't Bang know. theory uh oh, two okay. broke girls that's yeah, mike that's, and molly yeah no yeah. So they the, don't have any good ones. The Millers. No. Yeah, the one with uh, Anna Ferris. Um, yeah. What else do we have on this list? Sweet Child of Mine, Guns N' Roses. Um, 
So some of these are from the year before and are still on the list in 88. Uh, I might have already said that one. Heaven is a place on Earth, uh, Belinda Carlisle, um, which we all know is the exact same song as uh, Living on a Prayer by Bon Jovi. <laughs> Tiffany could have been. I don't even know that one. Whoa. Steve Winwood, roll with it. So, yeah, we're getting into some crap now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, Wishing Well, Terrence Trent Darby. Got some Gloria Estefan. Ooh, the flame. Cheap trick when they started sucking. Oh, get out of my dreams, get into my car, of course. So this is what uh, R.E.M. Green was competing with. And uh, probably a good reason why they didn't make the top 100. Mm-hmm. I wish we could do an episode where it was just you reading lists. Oh, I wish that too, because that, that is one of my favorite things to do. I know people complain about listicles on... Uh, on social media and stuff, but I'm I'm a sucker for lists. Oh yeah, me too. I think it's sure. some weird form of OCD that makes me really love them. Mm-hmm. Oh, my only complaint about things online when it's a list is when you have to click to each to each one. Each yeah, each sep- Just put the whole list on one page. Yeah, it's really not difficult. I mean, I guess it must have something to do with ads or something. But uh, what I would prefer is if a list is on a separate page that you have to keep clicking. I prefer if I could call you and have you read it to me. <laughs> You could do that. I don't see what's stopping you. Well, I, I, I believe you wouldn't answer. You probably believe correctly. <laughs> um, so, Kristen, we'll get yes. to your history now then with REM. Yes. I think you told me this was like when you first really got into them, kind of. Yeah, Green. so Green was, so when John initially had sent around to some of us at work, like certain albums you guys were going to do. Um, and I looked at Green and Monster and I was like, that's really weird. Green was my very first album, R-E-L- REM album I bought. And then Monster was the last one. So it kind of bookends uh, the start and the end. Although when I bought Green, then the second album I bought was Eponymous. And I thought, oh my God, this band is so awesome because every song on here is amazing. And then I realized, oh, it's because <laughs> it's a collection. <laughs> so then I start slowly go- going back and getting all the albums. Um, and I think uh, Murmur, Reckoning, um, Eponymous, and then Dead Letters Office were kind of like the major ones I listened to the most. Um, and then I think Automatic for People you know, came out and that has some, I think really really great songs on it as well so um but yeah so that's kind of my history it's like it's definitely like my high school band that i listen to a lot and i think a lot of their sounds introduced me to new sounds that weren't necessarily on the radio at the time and got me more into music which i thank them for so yeah that's been kind of a theme with this whole series rem was definitely the band to get you into um more non-radio friendly stuff Mm -hmm. The gateway yeah, kind of like exactly the gateway band. <laughs> did you was Monster the last album you got because you didn't like Monster, or did you just kind of fade away? I think it was a little bit of both. Um, I didn't love it. Is I think their their sound was starting to change a little bit with that album, and I think I just started getting into other avenues of music, and I don't know. I guess we just outgrew each other. But <laughs> went our separate ways. But yeah, so it's been interesting just like through you guys talking about different albums. I've gone on to like iTunes and just kind of like listened to some of their newer stuff because I have never heard of it. And um, yeah, I think 
I still prefer some of the the older Murmur Murmur and Reckoning type albums, but yeah, the new but, stuff's not as bad as you you would think. I've come to that conclusion. Aside from yeah. around the sun, uh, I've I've enjoyed all the new stuff. Yeah, not I was surprised. It, yeah, the majority I was, of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a uh, well. I think that's it's a. I don't know if it's a case of lowered expectations necessarily as as much as like changed expectations because I think you. Um, you, especially if you've been like a longtime fan of REM and they go mm. do this weird thing uh, and it's not what you're expecting. You're like, ah, this isn't, this isn't what I got on board for, but yeah, like then going back and listening to it with a uh, kind of knowing more um, what the direction was and, and listening to it more objectively, this stuff's not right. bad. Uh, yeah. As you said, Pat, save around the sun, which is just also not terrible. Just, just really boring. And Yeah. Well, I think that it's missing like the passion in the voice. And I think some of the songs I really connected to in their earlier albums is I think there just seems to be such a passion behind it. And I think in the later stuff, it seems to be missing a little bit. I don't know, but I, I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this one. So I'm looking at, at the, uh, the charts. And so the first, the first single released off this one, um, which they have a habit of releasing weird first singles, I feel <laughs> like. Um, it was Orange Crush was the first single um, on this, which was the first thing I heard off of it, I remember. Yeah. Um, which did not chart, although it did go to number one on the U.S. alternative charts. Hmm. Oh, so you, there was an alternative chart at that point? Yeah, they were. college radio was, was big enough that they had their own chart. By right, I thought I thought they called the college radio chart. I didn't know they called the alternative chart. Well, this I'm going by uh, Wikipedia, so I'm assuming the alternative chart was the college radio chart. Oh, okay. Um, and they just retroactively named it this. But uh, or- Orange Crush is I'm actually. I'm going that. Yeah, please go on a wiki and edit it. Um, <laughs> I thought it was a weird single at the time, um, mm. but I also thought that about some other singles they released that. Uh, that were big, actually went on to be big hits. Uh, we'll talk about that actually in the next episode. Uh, teaser. But <laughs> I remember hearing Losing My Religion and thinking, why do they think this is going to make them big? Yeah. <laughs> um, That's, yeah. Yeah. And, but uh, Orange album. Crush was a, uh, it's another, see, they're still doing, lyrically, they're stu- still doing what I like, although the, the vocals are clear and distinct now by the time of Green. Um, the the lyrics are still yeah. uh, impressionistic. So Orange Crush is allegedly about Agent Orange used in Vietnam, but uh, and they do have like some military noises in it and stuff, but you don't really get it from the lyrics. Mm. But um, it was one that that grew on me over a long period of time. Yeah, um, when it came out, I hated that song. Yeah, yeah, I, I didn't. And- I don't know why, but it's funny now listening and going back, listening to the album, I was like, why did I hate it so much? <laughs> but because I, I think there's some really nice harmonizing between Mike Mills and Michael Stipe on that song. And I think that, the, I mean, that, that's, again, a re- reoccurring theme that I've heard a lot of the guests that you've had and you guys have talked about. Um, Amy and David, I think, were both saying, like, the blended vocals between the two of them are really nice. And that's actually one that is one where they blend really nicely as well so i don't know why i didn't like it yeah well it's it's just i think it was it might have been like you know they signed to a major label and and so they're like our first single is going to sound very uh post punkish Mm -hmm. so people don't think we're huge sellouts um but then by the time of their second single i i don't think they could make that claim um (sighs) they're 
which was Stand, which was yeah. uh, their highest charting single of the 80s and uh, their dumbest single of the 80s. <laughs> I think that that's probably the song, though, that got me to buy the album, probably, because I probably did hear that on the radio and then went out and bought it. But I thought not... it was great when it first came out, but the, mm-hmm. it really didn't last very long. Yeah, there's definitely ones, other ones on the album that are my that were that became my favorite, I should say. But. Yeah, same here. What about you? So this is still really before you were got really into REM, Pat. But you must yeah, have I don't heard think some I of ever, this. I ever listened to the entire album all the way through, but I've heard all the like most of the songs. Like, I loved Orange Crush and. Well, Stand, I listened to a million times just because of Get a Life. And that had really nothing to do with R.E.M. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I remember liking all the songs, but I don't remember ever listening to the album itself. Yeah, I remember having this one on like a tape cassette. And I would like unfold the liner and try to like figure out what the heck they were saying. Because even though you can understand much more than the earlier stuff, it's still, I think coming in like new to it i still was having trouble deciphering what they were saying and yeah. even when you figured out what they were saying you couldn't figure out what they were saying because exactly didn't... yeah and then i was like this is so artistic <laughs> i remember the, on the i think i had i must have had the cassette too i know i didn't have the yeah. record and i didn't have a cd player then um yeah but i remember looking at the cover and like in the r either on rem or green there was like a little four or some kind of number in there Ooh. that you could faintly see, um, which I liked. They were always doing Subtle. cool stuff like that Yeah. Um, that probably meant nothing. They're just like fucking around with you <laughs> trying to make it seem like there was some hidden meaning. You probably could barely see it on the tape, but on the on the album, it's really clear to see. Yeah, well, and this is another one, uh, one of those ones you like, Pat, where the side one was the air side and side two was the metal side. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess the late 80s is is a terrible time for people buying music because CDs weren't big yet. Albums were going out and everybody was buying tapes and tapes are terrible. Oh yeah. Yeah. The worst sound from cassettes. Um, but they were easy cause they were portable and everybody had a tape player in their car. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could make mixtapes and you could make mixtapes. Yeah. And you could walk around with a Sony Walkman tape player that was huge and the batteries <laughs> lasted about one side of one album, one tape. Sorry. <sighs> That's what that's what they invented shoplifting for, Pat. Batteries for the Walkman. Did they ever have a, a Walkman for uh, LPs? That would have been great, but uh, I I don't ever remember seeing anybody carrying around their uh, their record player and speakers. Yeah. Well, they could. Well, of course, there wouldn't be speakers. They'd be wearing headphones, but the thing could be kind of like in the cigarette girls. Kind of things. Oh, the tray fun. like that they're right. wearing around their chest. Yeah. Right. And they're jogging, wearing that, listening to, I don't know, Kiss. That, <laughs> that could have worked. I think they'd probably be worried about skips. But, uh, I mean, it's not like it would be that much uh, heavier than a boom. some of the boom boxes that were around at the time. Oh, yeah. That people walked around with. Sometimes when you see Sugar Hill Gang like old videos of them with like the huge boom boxes. It's like, Oh my God, <laughs> how did they carry those around? I know. Cause they didn't even have gyms back in the eighties. <laughs> I guess that was the workout. Exactly. Well, yeah. So, street dancing. So everyone, they, they just called the people James. That, that nickname didn't come about till the nineties. What are you talking about? All so right. There's no, 
What? Yeah. <laughs> you said there's no gyms. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, James or uh or James Firth or James Riving Shire. Um yeah, no gyms. Good one, Pat. I know. <laughs> Stand, I I just it's very immediately catchy, um, and this is not one of the songs we picked. I don't know why I keep going back to Stan. Uh, it's very immediately catchy, but after a while, it, it you kind of get how dumb it is. And even the lyrics are like, so the album was released on Election Day, I think, in 88, and uh, and it was obviously an anti-Bush. If Bushes were trees, the trees would be fallen. Mm-hmm. Um, not exactly subtle and not exactly clever lyrics, and it's got that weird wah-wah guitar solo. I, like, it's one of those songs that I feel like, you know, you've talked about, Pat, um, Michael Stipe would not budge on his feelings. And I feel like this is one where he was like, nope, we are going to release that. I don't care. Well, you have to admit, it cost Bush the election. True, it did Bush the first, yeah. I mean, it, it took four years, but it did. <laughs> well, I thought he lost Dukakis. Oh, Pat, you, you're slipping between yeah. timelines again. God damn it. You need to... You need to hit yourself in the in the head with that ball peen hammer a few more times. I don't I don't know that I'd find Stan as annoying as you guys if I didn't watch Get a Life, but hearing it that many times, it does get on your nerves. Well, I don't think I would have heard of it qu- quite because I don't think I heard it on the radio or anything like that. I don't think it got overplayed that way in, in my radio listening, but it definitely got overplayed on that show. Well, I think it probably got overplayed by Kristen and me just from listening to the the tape. tape yeah. yeah. Um, and, there's a lot. You can't just skip to the next song. Right. You actually have to like fast forward and then go back and you know. So it was a, a lot more. A hard show of tapes. I know. Kids these days, they just don't know what they have. <laughs> but yeah, I don't think I. It's not hated stand. It's just there were other songs on there that I preferred. Yeah. It it doesn't it doesn't hold like the to contrast with Orange Crush. It gets better over time where Stan gets right. worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. But um. Did you see them on this tour, Kristen? I did not. Oh. Um, I wasn't much of a concert goer. So, because um, I think I was a freshman in high school in 1980, in 1988. Oh, so. yeah. That's a, I guess that's a bit young. Yeah. So, I was a little bit young. But um, I don't even actually think I went. My first concert was when I was in college. So, I definitely was late to the party on those. But Oh, uh, let's go yeah. into first concerts. Uh, okay. I guarantee you nobody will be as uh, embarrassing as mine. So what was your first concert? Mine was, I actually, so I'm from the Bay Area and I went to, Neil Young has the Bridge School event every year, mm-hmm. um, the big concert. And I went to that and actually I have seen REM play there, but um, actually it was just Michael Stipe there, not the whole band. Um, but I don't even remember. I think Eddie Vedder was there. Um, Eastie Boys? No, ah. they weren't there that year. Um, but it was just like, I mean, you know, they have like 12 different performers that are all amazing and it just was a really great concert. So that's not a bad one. What was yours, Pat? I I was in college too. I went to, there's a alternative radio station in DC called WHFS and they had something every year called the HF festival and I got tickets for it and it sold out pretty quickly. So I spent a week because I wanted everyone that lived on my floor to go with me. So I spent a week on the on the phone trying to call the radio station to win, but I never did. So I remember meeting <laughs> meeting these people for the first time, like friends of friends, and they ended up be, becoming really good friends of mine. And I was addled, 
And they came in the room and I think they thought I was high or drunk or something because <laughs> every time, like the radio was on in the background, every time they said anything close to what you needed to be said to call, I ran to the phone to call. And <laughs> like the conversation, I was kind of like in and out of the conversation. So, but the, the show was fine. It was, uh, I got a, a knockoff t shirt where they spelled names wrong. And uh, yeah. And so do what's you yours, remember John? anybody who was there? Cracker was there. Oh, that's when he talked about with David. Yeah, and that's that's the only big name I remember. That was, I, they weren't the the big name, but they were the best. They, they put on the best show. It was a whole day thing. There's like 15 bands, and I don't remember most of it. Yeah, just because it's a long time ago. I've yeah, I've gone to. I actually, I tr- I haven't gone to a festival for probably since like 1990, but. Um, I would go again. I just don't relish the idea of going to a festival where it's a whole weekend and it's like two hundred fifty dollars. But like a one day thing, I think just I'd too go many to. people. I don't yeah, want to around that amount, that amount of people. It's just kind of awful. The sound's not that great usually. Yeah, and the people that are there are awful people. No offense to anyone here. I mean, anyone listening or anyone here in this room that wants to go to Coachella, but you're awful. <laughs> no. <laughs> Yeah, no, you are. You're the. You're the uh, those people make me long for the zombie ap- apocalypse. Um, my first one was Judas Priest, 1984. Whoa! With uh, Great White opening. Great White? Are they the the Great White that yep. burned down? Yep. Okay. Yep. 84. Um, how, how was the the pyrotechnics? Great White was not big. They were the opening band. They didn't have any pyrotechnics going on at that point. I think they, it was like their first album had just come out. Um, the uh, all I remember of the Judas Priest show. I'm sure there was a lot of shit going on. Um, I remember the the lead singer came out on his uh, Harley motorcycle on the stage, and I thought that was really cool, uh, which I do not now. <laughs> I think it would be really cool to see Bell and Sebastian him coming out on a motorcycle doing Leader of the Pack. Well, I did see that as well, and that was cool. Uh, yeah, I never even made the connection. Maybe he stole that from Judas Priest. As Bell and Sebastian has stolen many of their, much of their ideas from. <laughs> but, it's more homages. Yeah, it's loving. Um, so let's get into Green. Okay. And Pat, you, your song is the, the you picked is the first one on the album, so... Uh, and I picked that so I could go first and get it over with. <laughs> and that, that's the only reason you picked it? Yeah, it's a terrible song. I know. When you sent that around, I was like, why did he pick that one? <laughs> I, I actually like the song. Did you? Uh, like, yeah. Oh. <laughs> I don't. It's, Sorry. Yeah, I don't no, mind it's it. fine. I, 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 I've come to understand that most things I like, other people don't like, so that's fine. <laughs> I like the nonsense lyrics, the, the conversation that doesn't make any sense. Because it seems like small talk to me. I've always liked it. Well, it seems and like, I, and I like the guitar. It kind of it, it's it, it's not backwards. It just seems like it's off the the guitar riff that goes throughout the song. Yeah, near 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 near. Yeah, it's it's. I don't mind it. Um, I don't think it's a great song, but I I always thought the lyrics were like a play on uh, "Hello, I Love You" by The Doors. But yeah, the see that the should we talk about the weather? Um, is that what you're talking about with the conversation thing, Pat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just being confused about what you're talking about. I like, I like, and I, I like to change the lyrics where he says, "I, I think I lost myself. I think what's it? I think I 
thought I think you were I thought some... you were someone else. Yeah. I always like to change it to I think I thought I was someone else. It makes it more <laughs> existential. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think you're bringing a whole new meaning to it now. Now I need to go re-listen to it. I think uh, I, I this is not my favorite REM album by a long shot. Um, I yeah, think it was no. their their worst one of the '80s in my opinion. But I uh, yeah, I'm surprised that the conversation so far hasn't been you saying terrible things about it because I thought you hated it. Well, I think I it's, no, I don't hate. I hate it compared to uh, their their IRS albums. I, okay. I wouldn't yeah. even say I hate it because I did like, I did see them on this tour and everything. But um, but I don't think it plays to their strengths. Like I don't think they work great as a harder-edged rock band, mm-hmm. um, and and this I don't know. You know, this song is fine. Get up is fine. Um, but well, we'll talk more about about the others later. Let's just play Pop Song '89 first for everybody. This is your pick, Pat. Uh, here's Pop Song '89, and Chris and we just. Don't talk during this. That's how this. Oh, works. I know. Okay. I know the routine. <laughs> okay, so uh, here's Pop Song '89. Okay. Kristen uh, is the next one uh, in order on the album and, in my opinion, the best song on the album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, You Are Everything. And I think this kind of speaks to all the songs that I really like of R.E.M., which is like, you know, Night Swimming, Try Not to Breathe, Everybody Hurts, um, Fall on Me. Uh, I think they're kind of like the pretty songs of R.E.M. and kind of the more ballad-esque kind. Um but and it also has like all those harmonizing vocals between Mike Mills and Michael Stipe, which I think is so lovely. But yeah, this yeah. is more in the class. I agree. This is playing to their strengths. You are the everything. Um, mm-hmm. This is more what I like REM for. Plus Pat? crickets. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and crickets the mandolin. Going. Isn't it a mandolin that they use yep. in these two? Yeah. So yeah, a lot of people made a big deal about uh, losing my religion having a mandolin, and but but this song had a mandolin first. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, accordion. It's, it's really yeah. pretty. No, bu- no mumbling. Yeah. It, it does remind me a little bit, not just because of the crickets, but I guess because of the beauty of night swimming. Yeah. I think that when I, I think, yeah, that's definitely the grouping of songs that I like from them. But yeah, and again, the more impressionistic lyrics still here. Uh, I, I can't imagine he spent a lot of time on your drifting off to sleep with your teeth in your mouth as a lyric. I think he was probably just standing in front of the microphone and it came out yeah i and it's funny i think pat you were saying on one of the ones that um 
in one of the pod- other podcasts, like that you didn't really listen to REM with friends and that it was kind of when you were alone. And, uh, but I feel like I have vivid memories of laying on my floor in my you know bedroom when I was a kid and listening it on my tape and just like replaying the song over and over and over. So it's definitely my favorite or one of my favorites. I have two favorites on this album, but yeah. And, and this, this album, we should say, this is when they, we mentioned this is a, uh, I think the first time mandolin was played on an REM album, but they, so they were starting to experiment more with this album. Um, mm. because I know like, uh, Bill Berry, the drummer played bass yeah. on a few songs and let Mike oh, really? Mills play oh. accordion or keyboards or whatever. I was reading somewhere that they all played instruments that they're not used to playing. Yeah. Or was that, maybe that was Monster. Maybe it was both of them. No, well, it definitely was this one. I think, uh, I, I don't think Peter Buck had played the mandolin before, uh, before trying it here. And, uh, wow. but, well, when we get to my song, they, they switch instruments too. But yeah, when I saw them on the tour, when they, when they played this live, Bill Berry came out from behind the drum set and played bass. And, oh, like, wow. Was, yeah. That's neat. Yeah. So this, this is, yeah, this is my favorite on the album as well. Um, but let's let's give people a taste. Here's You Are the Everything. Sometimes I feel like I can't even sing. I'm very scared for this world. I'm very scared for me. This is your memory. Here's a scene. Backseat laying down the windows wrap around to the sound of the travel and the engine. All you hear is time stand still in travel. You feel such peace and absolute stillness still that doesn't end but slowly drifts into sleep. The stars are the greatest thing ever seen and they're there for you for you alone you are the everything I think about this world a lot okay and uh, so before we get to mine talk a little bit about some other stuff so yeah I think like pop song 89 and get up and just like stand like I liked them a lot more at first uh, than I did later, like they didn't have all that much staying power. Right. Yeah, I would agree. And then the second I've, I've, side, I've, I feel like has some like utter crap. Like turn you inside out. I never really got. I didn't think it was catchy or anything. And I remember California. I had no use for. Mm-hmm. Just kind of plodding and. <laughs> I just I wrote down on my notes. I remember California too long. It's <laughs> like it just kind of went on forever. Yeah. But yeah, I to be honest, like I don't even think I really listened to the sec to the B side of it um, until much later, probably till I had the CD of this and realized that there was the last track that I really like as well. Right, um, because it's but, not it has yeah. no title and it's not listed on the yeah, on the and tape. I don't think I even knew it was on there until like years later. So because <laughs> I couldn't actually get through the second side of the tape. <laughs> <laughs> what but, were you gonna say, Pat? I forget. Yeah, but I also oh, I was I wanted to defend Pop Song '89. I like I I do like how the words sound together, so I, I like it. So you guys said bad things. I just wanted to say There's something. There's no need <laughs> to get defensive, man. 
It's all right. It's valid. Everyone can have their own opinions. Yeah, yours is just Some wrong. Are wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I also like this is one of those things where, um, I we I think we talked about it on a previous episode too, like where a band seems to really like certain songs that I'm like, why are you still playing that? Um, and I thought World Leader Pretend, even though it sounds more like old school REM, is kind of boring to me. But they seem to like that a lot. And. They Do played... they replay that one, like in concert and stuff? Is yeah, that... yeah. Okay. And, uh, but one they didn't play in concert, well, the, the, actually they played this entire album on like the, the very end of last night of the tour. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, they they also didn't play a Hair Shirt, which I do like, which is another like mandolin one. Mm-hmm. And I even like uh, The Wrong Child, which I know a lot of people hate, uh, which is more like old school folk folk stuff mm-hmm. but yeah the harder edge stuff That's doesn't okay. doesn't work that well to me uh but my my pick was your second favorite song the the yes. untitled one that chris and didn't even know existed i know until, <laughs> until much later <laughs> and, um yeah. yeah i think just like the the way the vocals that michael has on that one like there's just such passion in his voice. Like there's a part where he says that, you know, to hold her and keep her strong when I, while I'm away from here. And it's just like the way his voice is like, I think it, maybe it was Steve Marcus when he was on was saying that um, there's just that, like the song that he really liked, you know, catches you in the throat and you kind of like choke up a little. And it's, um, I think that that's what that's the song does for me. But Yeah. REM is always uh, going to be, associated with beauty for me in, mm. in, in music and that's and which is probably why like the the harder edge stuff doesn't work as well for me um, yeah because it, it doesn't seem maybe seem as heartfelt although i'm sure they they you know meant the songs maybe not stand so much but uh yeah that it's the kind of thing i like too and and this was another song where uh they switched out instruments and uh peter buck played drums on this one um, which you can uh-huh. kind of you can kind of tell it's a non-drummer playing if you mm. know anything about drums because it's kind of a dumb uh, drum beat to it. But yeah, it reminds me of it's like interesting. A, I had no idea that they did that. Reminds me of like a '60s pop song, kind of. That's what I was thinking. That that mm-hmm. organist. That, is there an organ? Whatever that's, yeah. that. Yeah. It kind of does. It's very '60s-ish, and the, the background singing again yeah. is good. Yeah, and that's back- funny. That kind of speaks to like kind of what they've done. Like I, I think like later on, like ask as I was in college, I started getting more into like sixties Motown soul R and B. Um, and that's kind of like, I feel like that was kind of an intro gateway into that. Like I just, it, I really connected to that sound. So. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. But well, let's, uh, it's kind of funny too, that the, this untitled hidden track is now titled untitled hidden track forever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, that's, <laughs> What it's a better, probably better than any title they could have come up with for. It. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I, bands don't bother doing that anymore. I guess that's just a very small period of time where they had un- untitled hidden tracks. Well, yeah, because everything's on iTunes now, so they yeah, it's gonna have. But they didn't do it for record albums either because you could see it, and I, so it's just a tape CD thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's a very small period where that existed, and it's neat. I like it, mm-hmm. so I miss it. So I hate internet. Goodbye. <laughs> uh, right, I know. You... I wonder. Like, I really wonder if people listen to albums anymore. Like, I, 
I wonder that in the age of iTunes and just downloadable, you know, one songs, like if people just really download that one song or if they actually are downloading full albums. I don't, I mean, I try to, but even mm-hmm. I sometimes will just get a song here and there. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I, I try to, too, and sometimes I'm disappointed because I'll like, I'll like a specific song so much and I'll listen to the whole album and the rest won't live up to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the the good albums do. The good albums, they're crafted yeah. so well that you're you're better off listening to the whole thing. Like, I mean, recently, the, that Broken Bells is... It, individual songs aren't as good as the whole thing, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, but it's... I mean, it's always been that way, too. Like, even, oh, sure. even back then... Uh, and when Green came out, there weren't a lot of great albums. Yeah. Um, I don't know. You should dig up that Steve Winwood thing. That was probably really good. <laughs> We're judging it by that one song. Well, there was also the finer things off that one. And uh, yeah, who cares? Well, let's listen to the uh, song without a title. Yes, please. From Green here. Here it is. This world is that whole album quick huh i guess was that quick i don't know I don't... we usually digress a lot more oh. <laughs> yeah but i think <laughs> I we talked a lot <laughs> because it's it, it has been a while not that i'm bored i just looked at the clock <laughs> no offense guys <laughs> thanks none taken don't right. hang up again well okay. then it, uh, according to pat uh, we're doing all right so uh i didn't say we're doing all right we're no doing we're not not doing we're doing all right on time is what yes. I'm right yeah we're never doing all right we need to do another clinical depression episode <laughs> but uh for now let's uh let's take a quick break and uh, we'll come back and talk about monster we'll sounds be, good yeah we'll be right back we had a comrade a brave comrade could talk for whole days But then he tried to be a hero Tried talking about Shanmiro To computers wearing earphones He almost died for conversation Hallucinations, good vibrations Van Dyke Park's greyhound racing Steeplechasing, the Reformation Transubstantiation 
We're back, and now we're talking about Monster. So this is where both of you guys uh, left off R.E.M. after this album. Right. Yes. I, I was never big into buying albums. Like, I never followed when thing, things were coming out, so I didn't know if a new R.E.M. was coming out or anything. I was just at the record store, and I saw it, and I had loved uh, out of time, and I loved Automatic for the People, and I just picked it up. So it was pretty exciting. It was, it was fun. Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's... That's just the way it was back then. I mean, I guess the internet was around uh, by this time. What was this, 94, 95 that this came out? Yeah, the was- internet was around, and most people read like Rolling Stone and stuff or Spin, so they knew stuff was coming. But I never really got into reading that stuff to really pay attention to what was coming out until – I didn't start paying attention to that until a couple of years after Monster. Yeah, no, not yeah. This is '94. Same here. Not until really the I was really into the internet when you know this kind of information was more readily available. I was the same. I think I'd read something in Spin a review and be like, "Oh, this is coming out," um, or I'd just go to the record store and see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that was how you found out about releases. Well, also, back they would then. start. You know, they would play whatever the first song, the single, album, yeah, yeah, on the radio or. And I like you, John. I listened to Live 105. So usually, like in that era when it was modern rock, they would always kind of preview the songs that were coming out, so you knew an album was coming out. But. Yeah, yeah, true. Um, oh man, R.I.P. Live 105. I know. Seriously, <laughs> I remember coming back from college and being like, "What happened?" <laughs> yeah, what I is mean, it it's, now? it's still around. It's still Live 105. It's just terrible. Yeah. Oh, they, they, it's still the same format, but it's, they play terrible songs. Yeah. Well, they play like, I don't know, Lincoln park and shit like that. Yeah. And, you know? Yeah. I don't know what happened, but yeah, but back in the day it was, you know, REM, the cure, the Smiths, new order. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you ever go to the edge? Yeah, I did go to the edge. Yeah. That's where I would go. <laughs> but yeah. So I feel like that was like live one of five would have, I think nights there where they would they did, yeah. From the, from the edge, so. This was a nightclub, Pat. Yes, in Palo Alto. I thought maybe it was just like a, a cliff edge, you guys. <laughs> we would just all jump. <laughs> or contemplate jumping while you listen yes. to Live 105. Exactly. <laughs> Until they changed, and then you listen to Linkin Park as you plummeted to your doom. Yeah. As most people who are contemplating plummeting to their doom should. Uh, Linkin Park's a good soundtrack for that. I've never heard a Linkin Park song, so I can't really say bad things about I it. Know, I well, can't. you know, they they say, like, um, most people, like, when they talk to survivors of people who jump off the Golden Gate Bridge and stuff, they say, like, once people jump, they uh, they start regretting it immediately. But I think if you're God. listening to Linkin Park, then you're you're going to be pretty sure of your choice. So. Uh, On that note, Monster. Monster. <laughs> I saw, I actually saw Robin Hitchcock with uh, Alex Chilton opening up at The Edge. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was fun. Was no, wait. Yeah, The Edge. The Stone was in San Francisco, right? That was like a... Ooh, I didn't even know The Stone. I think it was a punk club back in the day, but it's been gone for a long time. Yeah, I saw that. Wait, the there's Edge. there's a popular club in Palo Alto, so people from San Francisco had to go all the way out there to it? Yeah, it's not that bad a drive. Yeah. Well, also, seems... like, I was in the South Bay, so, like, towards San Jose, so you would drive up the peninsula. Okay. So, it was, like, halfway between... San Jose and San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, when you're 18, you don't give a shit. Yeah. And it was like, yeah, an 18 under place, so you could get in. Yeah. I wasn't 18, but I could get in. <laughs> but 
yeah, Monster. Um, I it's another one where I feel like it's not as bad of an album as apparently a lot of people think. Um, but it it's another one that doesn't really play to their strengths, in my opinion. Um, yeah, there's only a couple on here that I I like. All right, and then, but yeah, I don't, and it wasn't that I hated it at the time. I just remember thinking like this just isn't necessarily the songs I want to be listening to now. I think my musical taste was starting to evolve or change a little bit. So yeah, yeah, I agree. But like, I remember for a while going to uh, Amoeba records and you would see like in the used rem bin there would be like five thousand copies of monster yeah and they were all like a dollar 99 or something it's so different from their early stuff like murmur and reckoning like it just isn't i mean it obviously sounds like the same band because they have a very distinct sound but um it, it just really is different musically and lyrically so yeah and it it's strange because it uh it was number one album on the u.s charts um, but I guess a lot of people changed their well, mind. That's why I was filled up, filling up the the things that Amoeba Records. So everybody bought it and everyone got rid of it. Yeah. Yeah, they got a little sick of it. Um, but I liked it. I'm I'm glad I bought it and I'm I, I enjoyed re-listening to it. Now I I like a lot of the songs. It's funny the the two you picked aren't the two you guys picked or the three you guys picked were, wouldn't be the ones I would have picked out, but I still like them. Yeah. Well. I think uh, again, they're, the big rock sound is not their best, not what they're best at. And I think a, a lot of the the stuff is kind of more. Uh, it's not even like like energetic rock stuff. It's kind of mid tempo, but with just like a lot of distorted guitars. Yeah, and I usually don't like distorted guitars, but the way they do distorted guitars, I enjoy. Really. Well, yeah. I, I think, I just think, well, like, what's the frequency, Kenneth, and then Crush with Eyeliner is actually pretty good. And then they've got, like, a couple of real boners, in my opinion, King of Comedy and I Don't Sleep, I Dream. Yeah. So when you say boner, you think it's a bad thing? At my age, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Just one more thing to deal with in my day. Um, and and then they pick up a little, but then I remember Bang and Blame was a single, and I always thought that was kind of boring. Yeah, I didn't like that song. Yeah, I, I don't care for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I, on re-listening, um, a song that, much like you with the untitled song on Green, Kristen, that mm-hmm. I didn't even really remember, um, what I was listening to, I liked, was You, the last song. Because it's kind of like a, uh, it's like a psychedelic rock song, the sound of it to me. Mm-hmm. And do you remember that one, Pat? Um, I'm not sure. No impression, really? Yeah. But it, yeah. it, it seems like the songs go all over the place. Like, like I it's, think it seems yeah. like they're trying out a bunch of different things at, at once. See, it sounds kind of mostly of a piece to me, and I think it's just because really? of, of the uh, the distortion on the guitars. Um, yeah. yeah, but tongue doesn't have the distortion. No, then that's that's well, we'll get to that. Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to jump ahead. I know how you like to talk <laughs> about one thing and one thing only. Such a boner, dude. <laughs> Thank so, you. Yeah, we're coming at that from different angles, I guess. Um, but your pick, Pat, was the, uh, I mean, well, the the song for the ages from this album, I guess, um, which I still like. And, and I didn't know how much they liked it. The, the band likes this song a lot. 
I think it's the only one from this album they've like kept in heavy rotation on yeah, playing live and stuff. Playing playing live on every single best of, it's always on there, and I like it a lot because of the sound. I like the sound. I like the guitar dis- distortion. I like the title a lot too, with the whole Dean Rather connection, and just like the song. Yeah, I don't know if you guys remember um, when uh, Letterman had REM on and they had Dan Rather come out and sing What's the Frequency, Kenneth, with them. No. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God, that's awesome. I, that's got to be on YouTube, so you should, you should go find yeah, it. It's pretty for hilarious. Sure. I know that this was one of the songs that I, I remember at the time I liked, but then I kind of got sick of because it was getting so much play. Um, and then I started not liking it. But then now, re-listening to the album, I was like, no, it's a good song. It still holds up. So It does, yeah. And I, I'm i not trying to sound cool or anything, um, but I was honestly not listening to the radio at all by this point, at this yeah. point in my life. So, like, it, I wasn't, anything that was getting overplayed was only getting overplayed because I was overplaying it myself. Yeah. Um, so Good to have that control sometimes. Yeah. John, that really made you sound cool. Like, fun. <laughs> hey, sit on it, mouth. What like nobody was named last name Malf. That was so stupid. That's such a stupid thing to like uh, name it just to rhyme. Was that his last name, Ralph Malf? Malf. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, that was dumb. Well, look. You know what? We haven't done this before, but why not break with tradition? I'm gonna look at the top 100 singles of '94, even though uh, alternative was on the charts by this point. But uh, number one for the year was the sign, Ace of Base. Oh. Um, it I, opened up our eyes. All for one? <laughs> I swear by... I don't even know what the fuck that is. Um, Who? Boys to Men, I'll Make Love to You. Oh, gosh. Um, Celine Dion, The Power of Love. Mariah Carey, Hero. Ooh. I don't I don't know these songs. Tony Braxton, Breathe Again. Um, Ace of Base all over this top ten. Don't Turn Around and All That She Wants. Uh, our, our, um, our favorite humanitarian, R. Kelly, was on... The list was Bump and Grind. I didn't know he was that old. Yeah, well, you it's probably didn't know he was that old because he, he mostly uh, hits on 13-year-olds. But, yeah, he's been around for a while. Oh, Prince, the most beautiful girl in the world. I didn't know that that was a big charting song that yeah. late in his career. Um, so, yeah, there was a bunch of a bunch of crap still on yeah. the... Uh, yeah, I don't think Alternative, Alternative never hit the... Oh, well, I guess that was the end of alternative being on that list. Yeah, we. I mean, you have "Loser" by Beck and and some stuff like that, but I'm "Loser" by Beck in '94. I thought that was a few years before. Well, it could have been, but it's maybe it didn't really start charting until later. Oh. Yeah, Richard Marks. So still pretty terrible overall. Yeah. Um, and REM. Would Richard was... Marks have big hair. Yeah. Oh yeah, I remember him. That, that's all you need to know about Richard Marks. He kind of looked like Richard Lewis. Yes, he kind of did yes. look like Richard Lewis. Kind of like the mullet. Yeah, like, like the, the '90s mullet. Richard Lewis crossed with uh, Sam the Eagle from the Muppets. <laughs> but uh, yeah, sorry, Pat. Y- your song, uh, I-, I think, I agree. Like the lyrics are really super cool. On this one, the, I I I was very happy. Like when I saw that or heard the song and heard the title, I was like, oh, I get that. I know what he's referencing. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't. My brother had to tell me. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I'd never heard that story. And it's such a strange story. 
did, did anything ever come of it? Was that it ever discovered who was beating it up? Or were they really saying what's the frequency? Was it wh- what's where's the freaking C? I mean, what's the deal? What's, Is there a deal? What's the frickazy? Yeah, I. <laughs> Well, who knows? You know, now we know Dan rather just made made up every news story he ever did. So that's true. It could have uh, it could have just been a product of his fertile imagination. But uh, oh, Dan! But this is one of the few uh, of the of the rock songs. I shouldn't say one of the few. They did a bunch of good stuff in a more hard edge vein, especially on. Uh, Life's Rich Pageant and stuff. And, and some on mm-hmm. New Adventures in Hi-Fi, too. Um, but on this album, definitely, this is this is the keeper still to me. Uh, so Yeah, it's it's my favorite song on, on the CD. Yeah, I I, it was... Yeah, yeah. It was a hit for a reason. Well, first But off, it's also the first song, so we get to talk about my song first. So yet again. I win. But, yeah, I like this and Crush with Eyeliner more than mostly anything else but I'd lo- i do like king of comedy really yeah all right uh, yeah i would say crush with eyeliner and king of comedy are not my favorites but i think i was more in my angsty period so during monster my yeah. art going to I art hope, school and stuff i hope you got out of that angsty period i did oh thank goodness <laughs> pat still has but i it. think yeah so yeah but. Let's let's listen to uh, the one song everybody probably knows if they know any song on this album. Uh, here is "What's the Frequency, Kenneth." What's the frequency, Kenneth? This show been so drained. Oh, it's you, Kristen. Is it me? Yeah, so... <laughs> I could have actually forgot which one we're doing for me on this one. Is strange strange currencies. currencies. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned before you liked uh, Everybody Hurts. I do not like Everybody Hurts. Well, we'll get you to that don't? on a... I, oh, wow. I was not in my angsty period when that song came yeah. out, so no. Um, so this is basically a rewrite of Everybody Hurts, but better, in my opinion. Yeah, I would definitely... I would agree. Um but yeah, I guess, you know, this and um, Let Me In are kind of my two favorites on this album. And um, I don't know, it's kind of like, you know, the other songs where it kind of falls into that category of I think it's a really pretty song and um, just like the vocals on it. So, yeah, I agree. This was um, well, I, I guess it started earlier, um, probably on Automatic for the People, but 
Michael Stipe, we've talked about a little bit, started getting more like soulful in his mm -hmm. delivery um, around this time. And it works really well for this song. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like this one a lot too. What about you, Pat? Well, it just, it's, the, I like the song. It's very pretty, but the lyrics are kind of creepy. They're creep it, creepy? Yeah. It's like, doesn't it seem like he's stalking somebody? Kind of. But it makes yeah. me, like, I was reading about them putting this together, and Michael Stipe said every song is written from a character. Like, he's, all the songs are not, like, first person there. He came up with a character for each song, and that's who's that's who's singing the song. So he just wanted to remove himself. So I guess he wrote this creepily on purpose. So it's kind of like a every breath you take type thing, where probably a lot of people play it at weddings and stuff, not realizing. <laughs> I don't know that REM gets played at, at weddings very often, but uh, I don't go to many weddings. I don't. Yeah, you'd probably be surprised. Um, but but people do play dumb songs at weddings, like With or Without You, and and uh, stand and stand, yeah, yeah, when they're marching down the aisle. That was like a big dance school or like you know your high school dance type song stand yes <laughs> at least at my school but that's uh, because you were you were picking out the songs <laughs> no i was not unfortunately um it's like a pretty white school it was stand yes yeah. it was <laughs> well i remember like junior high dances i went and they would play like 38 special and stuff to dance to i was like what the fuck really yeah Wow. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, I get that, that he's writing from a character. Like the song right before it, Star 69, is kind of a weird song, too. Like it's about some guy getting a call from his arsonist uh, acquaintance or something. And I don't know, it's very weird. Mm -hmm. But Well, uh, even like, I think, Pat, you were mentioning, again, in one of the previous podcasts about how, like, was it in one of the tours where he had that, the black or navy blue band across his eyes and so you can kind of see him getting like theatrically also into the into like a character for each yeah. album as well so um it, it would make sense yeah well let's we'll let listeners make up their own mind if uh michael stipe's a creeper or if he's just playing a character um i that i'm surprised r kelly hasn't tried that excuse yet <laughs> but uh here let's listen to kristen's pick strange currencies My pick is the very next song on the album, Tongue, which I liked, uh, which you kind of started getting into, Pat, uh, because it's a departure uh, in sound from the rest of the album. 
the rest of the album, anything they've ever done, isn't it? I mean, I can't think of anything that's he's doing falsetto or yeah, whatever. yeah. He's doing that. It's, it's kind of yeah. This is when he said they kind of got you into like '60s Motown and stuff. Yeah. and you can definitely hear that on this song too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I really like this song as well. Me too. And and we should uh, mention that this song or this album, um, maybe because they were they were trying for the uh, rock swagger type type album um they also sing a lot more directly about sex on this album than they ever had previously um this song seems very sexual to me and he said this is he's the point of view is a woman's point of view he's singing as a woman oh okay that makes sense oh yeah i guess um and yeah even in um one of the one of the boner songs i don't sleep i dream it's got the do you give good head line um Mm -hmm. different for rem yeah but yeah i really know maybe back in the early days that's what he was mumbling yeah <laughs> that's true could be we just didn't know we didn't hear it <laughs> it was all like uh, motley crew lyrics yeah just mumbled <laughs> um yeah no this this one i just you're right it's it's different from anything they had done before which is one reason i like him and it's it's catchy too mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. I, I like his falsetto voice for the whole song um but so yeah let's let's listen to tongue here you go other songs on the album anybody wants to talk about that you especially liked or did not like i guess i really like let me in as well um i think i don't know what it is about that one but it's just like it's kind of like it gets me in this like kind of you're in like the i don't know it's like it has an energy to it that's again it's angsty but it's um i don't know it's really compelling to me so yeah, like I like that the, the guitars kind of overshadow his voice, but his his voice mm-hmm. is still really pretty, and the lyrics are interesting. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, super distorted guitar on this one. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, but when I saw him play it live uh, on the on their last tour that they did, did you go see him on the last tour, Kristen? I, I did see I did see him on this uh, monster tour. Oh, you saw him on this? Yeah, yeah. Uh, not not the. Not, Not the very last tour. No, no, yeah. no, 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 I didn't see them then. Did I, you? Yeah, I saw. Oh, yeah, that's cool. They played this um, on like piano with acoustic guitars, so it was interesting. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. 
Yeah, but well, so this one was a I'm, uh, let me in was about River Phoenix and Kurt Cobain dying. Yeah. Oh, I, I didn't know. That... I I had just read Kurt Cobain. I didn't know River Phoenix too. Yeah, because Michael Stipe was friends with him as well. I guess. Um, friends or murderer. Well, who knows? It depends on whether he was playing a character or not. Which which character he was in. Uh, in this song, he's playing the character of friend. But yeah, this it's a. Uh, Ross or Rachel? <laughs> I don't know why you think those are the only two friends, Pat. We've had this conversation many times before. Uh, there was also Joey, there was Phoebe, there was Huey, Dewey, and Louie. I thought it was Ross and Rachel and the rest of the cast were acquaintances. Mr. Were, Potter. Friends was uh, directly referencing Ross and Rachel. Mr. Yeah, Potter. You you misunderstood the, yeah, the entire uh, thrust of the show. There was Gunter. <laughs> one of the great friends, uh, Chrissy Hind, one of the friends, uh, and Newman. Let's not forget Frank and Estelle. Newman. Um, I'm just busy reworking the entire Harry Potter series where he's living in a a, a huge apartment in New York City with a, a bunch <laughs> of thirty something. Why wouldn't he after defeating uh, Voldemort? No, know. this is from the beginning. They have him living in a closet as well. <laughs> in Monica's closet that no one was ever allowed to open. Oh, yes, so that, that, that's it. I didn't know there was yes. such a thing. She had her secret closet that no one was allowed to open, and now we know why. Yeah, to to paraphrase like a David Schwimmer piece, uh, the more you know. I guess I guess we have a new internet fan theory on Harry Potter because there weren't oh, enough yeah, yeah. there weren't enough of those already. <laughs> Well, once the last book came out, I thought all the internet theories went away. Well, no, I don't think so. I think uh, I think we're going to get some uh, Chandler and Harry fanfic now. <laughs> Slash fic. That should be great. Well, aren't they doing, like, prequels to the books now, too? Are they going to start? Or Oh, my I God. They're going George Lucas on it? Yeah, they're, I think so. I read something about that. She's writing a, a movie based on... Oh, encyclopedia that already came out. So wow. it's it's new material that she's writing, but it has nothing to do with the Harry Potter story. But it's in the oh. same universe. Wait, she's writing a movie based on an encyclopedia. I I guess that's yeah. I guess there was like a like a a reference fun book for kids that had characters and description of them. So I don't really know how that works, but that's what it's that's what it said. And yet, I think, I think Hollywood like a, continues to ignore my screenplay based on Webster's Collegiate Dictionary. I, I think I, mis, <laughs> I misspoke. Now that I, I said it out loud, it was there's an encyclopedia that's supposed to be written in the Harry Potter universe, and the movie's about the person who wrote that encyclopedia. I think that's what the ah. story is. Sounds a little convoluted. I'll probably yeah. skip it. I bet it won't make any money. No, I'm sure. Oh, they've got legions of fans. Are you kidding? People will come out and see it. It's I'm too sure. convoluted. No, they're all they're all grown up now. They've put away childish things. And magic is not popular anymore. So people are too busy watching serious movies. I think <laughs> maybe a remake of of uh, the conversation, my dinner with Andre. <laughs> they should remake my dinner with Andre. And all right, let's cast this one, Pat, like we do, did with Mash. So the new my dinner with Andre. Uh, well, I don't know if we're gonna do a my dinner, a new my dinner with Andre. You can recast. Andre, but the other guy has to be Wallace Shawn. Yeah, so we'll we'll keep Wallace Shawn, and 
and and well, the other dude's dead now, right? Um, so, so in his place, I say uh, Jack A. Done. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> I, I think I'll be Jack skipping K. that. I'll be skipping that one. Uh, well, as I've said many times, I would like Jack A to play me in the story of my life. Um. <laughs> So maybe once I once I finish that Webster's Collegiate uh, screenplay and sell it, I'll. I'll I'm going to write the story of your life and call it John A. <laughs> and it would work too. Like it's like John E, but then you just add another E. Uh, with a accentuation over it. Anyway. Did we ever get any any uh, contracts or anything about our recasting of Mash? Nobody anyone... has nobody has spoken to me yet about it from uh, Hollywood. Their representative, whoever that is nowadays, I don't even, I don't know. I, I would assume it's, uh, I mean, I know it back in the day, uh, it was, uh, it was Wallace Shawn, but I don't think he's a representative of Hollywood anymore. He was a representative of the East Coast Hollywood. Yeah, that's back true. In, it used to be Merv Griffin was a Hollywood representative to the people. I mean, he didn't work in Hollywood, but he talked to the people who did stuff and then talked to people like us to get stuff done but he passed away uh last week so i don't know who's replaced him yeah i mean it's so hard to even find this stuff even with the internet and everything maybe uh farmer's almanac oh that's true i need to pick up the the new farmer's almanac uh check my stocks (laughs) the the yeah i think uh these two albums were not my favorite REM yeah. albums, but um, or I don't think they've held, like, I liked them both when they came out. I don't think they've held up as well as some of their other stuff. I'd agree with that. I, I still yeah. like Monster a lot, but I, I agree it's not, like, Reckoning and Murmur are as good yeah. now as they were then, and it's, we, we can't really talk about Automatic for the People or mm-hmm. Out of Out Time, of time. Yeah. but I like those as much now as I did, aside from a few choice songs that were never good. Yeah, and that's on every album. I yeah, no, I, no, I, I don't think Reckoning and Murmur have any songs that are not good. That's true. I agree with you. Yeah, um, I would agree. And I will say that I like, aside from Around the Sun, I I pretty much like every REM album. I haven't gone back and listened to all these. There's there's none that I consider uh, terrible. Yeah, I, I I agree. I don't even consider Around the Sun terrible. I just would don't think I'd choose to listen to it again. Pat Morita, that's the that's who is the Hollywood representative. He's also dead. I know, that's what I was going to say. I was oh, like, I think he passed away. Fucking internet. I know. Man, get this shit. I need to get on Twitter. It's probably where it's all happening. <laughs> he had, he when he was alive, he did have a good a Twitter account. He kind of combined his Karate Kid character with the, the character from Happy Days. And he had all kinds of wax on wax on advice but was used to tell it in like a funny accent yeah or it was like uh russian 50s accent wax on wax off not all men oh pat wait (laughs) i didn't even know pat marita was dead is al molinaro dead too who's that well i can't remember if he came before or after he came after oh he came after uh alfred was was that pat marita's name on happy days Arnold. Uh, Arnold, yeah, yeah. Arnold's place. Both the, it doesn't yeah, I guess it doesn't uh it's bad luck to open a diner in nineteen fifties Milwaukee. 
or nowadays Milwaukee. People in people in Wisconsin are very health conscious, so you want to open a smoothie bar. Yeah, I guess so. They are very health conscious there. Hate cheese. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Beer, no. I will never go there then. <laughs> Wait, do you drink beer, Kristen? Well, no, I, I like cheese. <laughs> oh. Well, everybody likes cheese. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Even vegans. That's true. Well, well, I, I, do, I, I drink beer sometimes, but not. Um, I'm, I'm not an aficionado, but I'm not an aficionado much <laughs> on much. But what were you saying, Pat? Vegans don't actually like cheese because it's it's a, it's an animal product. I, I think you're mistaken. But because what... cheese comes from milk and milk comes from cow's udders. I, I, I think maybe you need to find a new Wikipedia page because you're totally talking out your ass right now. I gave you a perfect opportunity to say utter what, and you didn't say it. <laughs> I'm never, ever going to do vaudeville with you again. Yeah, you That's what you say every time, but you can't help yourself. Utter what? <laughs> Moo. Uh. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I see, here's a... Here's the problem. I think our our workplace is what, like eighty percent women? Is that yes. about right, Kristen? Yeah. So oh, I would say more. <laughs> maybe more. I would say ninety three percent women. That's interesting, since the the guests from from your workplace have been fifty percent men. Yeah. That's true. I mean, I don't know that I count so much as a man, but uh, oh, I'm not a guest. Well, there's a, there's a group. I think all the guys hang together because there's so few of them. That's the thing. So. Yeah, we're threatened. <laughs> yeah, no, we're um, very, we've got a lot of females. Well, I was going to say. Um, Including the CEO? Of course not, Pat. <laughs> what year do you think you're living in? 2,579? <laughs> Jesus. But our publisher, she's a female. Eh, the, head, the head honcho. Token title. Oh, yeah. <laughs> eh, but I. I noticed that when we have uh, like events there, it's always wine, and I, yeah. I wonder if it's if. And I'm not saying it to be sexist because I ask a lot of the women who work there. Um, not not a lot of beer fans among the women there. Really? Oh, I feel like there are. There but... are some. There are definitely some. Um, yeah. Because we have beer tastings and stuff yeah. sometimes. A I lot don't of... think that's. Ster- is... oh, go ahead. What? I, I don't think that stereotype is true anymore. That women prefer. I, I don't know if it was ever true, but it's really it, with the craft beer renaissance and it being a big deal to be a, a beer snob. I think that's true for men and women. Oh no, totally. But but at our workplace, um, oh, oh okay, it's. I think it's more of a money thing, to be honest. Oh, like, do you? You think it's the wine is cheaper? That's that's why. But well, I, I no, it's because you control the portions and you only have to pour little cups. And then if you have a beer, it's usually in a bottle that you have to give someone a full bottle. I suppose so you have to that's buy more true. of it. I, I have another theory, but... an, another theory. I think perhaps at, at some point um, beer was given out and a certain person who works there drank too much beer and perhaps <laughs> caused problems. And now they no longer give out beer because they know that certain person whose name might be John A. does not like wine. <laughs> I do not no, like I wine. Think we, we, uh, we have a big drinking culture and a celebratory culture in our work. So I don't think that that would be a problem. Yeah. No, no, it's well, fun to point fingers. And yeah. <laughs> like I said, a lot of, a lot of the women there do drink beer and like it. And a lot of people, a lot of people like bourbon and scotch and whiskey and stuff. But, yeah. um, 
but when I, you know, I do an event there, I do the, the reading event. Um, and so I ask people who, who sign up to, to attend it, um, you know, what they'd like to drink and it's almost always wine. Huh. Um, which is weird. Yeah. Because uh, I don't know this last event we just had, you know, it was like rosé. Yeah. I, I was like, am I a divorced mother of two? Why am I drinking rosé? Um, rosé could be the sequel to Johnny. It, <laughs> anyway, I yes, I am complaining about the free alcohol I get at work, everybody, and uh, managing to sound mildly sexist in the attempt. So I think it's a win-win. Yes, definitely. No, but. I mean, yeah, we could we, we could stand to mix it up a little. I think, I mean, some beer. That's all I'm asking. You know, yeah. if more people prefer wine, have like a bunch of wine. I feel like once we got a keg and then it didn't, like, no one drank it. And then, like, well, so it, they probably just never. It was a keg in Miller Lite. Yeah, that's that's yeah, why. I they, get, they get kegs. I just remember of... sitting in the fourth floor kitchen for, like a, like, a week and people were trying to finish it off. So. They get kegs of that, uh, that sex in a canoe beer. <laughs> fucking close to water you're right we should have like at least the next party like at least like I, some six pack of like something i don't know anything. yeah that's all i'm yeah. saying Mix yeah, it up yeah. a bit. although we generally have some people who will bring their own bourbon or whiskey or whatever too which is nice yeah i'm sure there's people there who have the flask with them at all times just to get them through the day i'm sure there are mm-hmm. <laughs> i know there are people i smell in the elevator who smell just like uh Really high potent weed. Really? Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll talk to you about it later. This oh is, this is not the place to air these things. <laughs> I sit at my desk way too much. I need to get out. <laughs> eh, it's it's not all it's cracked up to be. <laughs> we only oh. have one elevator right now that works, so I stay inside as much as possible. So. Yes, Pat. I was just going to say that the person you're referring to has been a guest on the show. Oh yeah, well yeah. Let's let's say that we'll keep it <laughs> mysterious. <laughs> um, all right. Well, Kristen, we are not doing uh, recommendations for this, but if you have a recommendation, I do yes, please share. Okay, so um, speaking to my kind of '60s Motown esque type um, songs, I'm really into a band called Fits in the Tantrums. Um, they have a very I think it's been described as 60s Motown. I have a lot of like kind of the rascals, the turtles, like that type of influence. Um, but the lead singer, Michael Fitzpatrick, and then the, I I guess she's technically the backup singer, but she really is. Um, oh, lead? Kind of, yeah, she. Um, her name's Noelle Skaggs. And their two voices together, much like Mike Mills and Michael Stipe, just sound incredible together. Um, they've had two albums out. Both of them are really great, so I recommend you check them out. Um, and then I also wanted to give a shout-out to you guys about a recommendation you had, because um, you have really good ones. Uh, Sleepy Hollow. Um, it The premiere of the second season starts September 22nd, and if you haven't seen the first season, the last five minutes of the final episode, my mouth was, like, open. I was catching flies. Like, it was just... A, I was like so unexpected to me. I think it's a great show and I think everyone should check it out. Yes, I agree with that. Oh, and that reminds me, Pat, I caught up on uh, Mar- Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, I still think Sleepy Hollow I, is preferable to me, but it was good. I was, I thought it was weird that uh, it was very old school that they wrapped up the whole storyline at the end of the season on Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I'm well, they, 
I think they, that they weren't sure if they were coming back. Oh, they they had to know they were coming back. They're Marvel. Really? But they also threw yeah. other stuff in with because they threw there's other stuff that's not wrapped up, like what's going on with the I forget her Sky's character, like what her origin is and all that stuff. So, but yeah, I I do think they weren't sure that they were coming back because there was speculation in the middle of the season that they wouldn't be coming back. Yeah. Oh really? That's yeah. I figured they could do like a whole hour long episode about uh, driving around trying to find the cheapest gas and stay on the air just because they have the <laughs> Marvel fan base, but. I don't think so. I mean, I think that they were, yeah, because I heard this, or I was reading um, that they were a little worried it wasn't going to come back, so. All I know is Dad's is not coming back, so my faith in humanity has been restored (laughs) until this next season starts. I thought PBS picked it up, though. (laughs) They're going to, they're going to. Air it right after Downton Abbey. Yeah, set it and move move them to England and. (laughs) Rework it a little bit, but it's, yeah. it's have the same cast and the as same. As long as people curtain. have English accents, anyone will watch it. Yeah, so. they'll call it fathers. <laughs> so in England, people don't uh, shorten father. It's a father for everybody. They do say mummy. Oh, you mean father? They don't shorten father to dad. Or anything, fat, 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 Foth. <laughs> her. Like it's confusing. What about Papa? That's I feel like that's kind German, of German. I feel like. Oh. Yeah, oh my Papa. Oh, to me, Paul. he is so wonderful. I think the Downton girls, uh, the Crawley sisters, referred to their father as Papa. Just oh. saying. <laughs> Did somebody swallow a bird? Uh, I heard a bird in the Not background. me. I hear that bird. Is that? Is it getting into somebody's apartment? I don't hear it. Maybe I'm, it's here. Uh-oh. Maybe it's calling from inside the house. Oh, God. That's actually... Do you remember Lawrence Wilson? Yeah, of course. That's what his email like sign-off said. This email's coming from inside the house! <laughs> I think our listeners will get a chuckle out of that because... <laughs> I think they all can picture Lawrence in their heads. Yeah. If not... Just, I still think it's funny, even if you don't know him. But lots of the single ladies had a crush on uh, Lawrence Wilson. I know that really? much in the office. Yeah. Hi, Pat. I know. <laughs> Sorry, Pat. Oh, I was just reading about Papa. And German. No. No, just certain Papas throughout history. Hitler's Papa. <laughs> Churchill's Papa. Papa John's. Mary Papa Papa's Murphy's. Papa. Did you guys ever see The Secret Life of Walter Mitty? No. No. Neither version. It was really good. I think it was a very mis... mis- like, uh, the Ben Stiller movie was good? Yeah, it was. Well, I liked it. That's good. I, I like to I see have, Adam Scott being in, in something good. Yeah. No, I I saw it on the plane. So this could... <laughs> uh, it could be because of the it whole... It was plain good, at least, then. Yeah, no, but it was like really... I, I don't know. I actually really liked it. I ended up watching it again after but um so you took another flight specifically just to watch the movie no 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 i watched it coming home from new york and then i uh humble brag (laughs) (laughs) Um, you don't live in new york lucky um but i get to go to there for work sometimes so um but 
I don't know. It was really good, but they had this one scene where because Shirley McLean plays his wife, uh, plays his mother, and she his father dies like years prior, and she's like, I always thought it was sad that you had to go to work at some place like after your father died that had a father in the title and he was like Papa John's and he was like I didn't ever really think of that comparison because um I didn't call dad Papa <laughs> but I don't know nobody do- yeah nobody <laughs> if I heard if I had heard some kid calling their dad Papa I would have run screaming in the other yeah. direction I think <laughs> Why? I don't know. It sounds it sounds very antiquated or like I can see old that, world. But why would that make you run away screaming? Did you think they were ghosts? Yeah, I probably. <laughs> who who it knows? Southern to me too. Like maybe Papa like would be Southern. I don't know. I but. I consider Pa Southern. Oh yeah, I consider that Little House on the Prairie. That's true. Pa. <laughs> I'd like to see them remake Little House on the Prairie and call it Little House on the Predator's Prairie. <laughs> all right let's cast it that would be very exciting um jennifer lawrence <laughs> she's in everything she is and she can shoot a bow and arrow um like us I on heard... facebook oh yeah. sorry what were you gonna say i was like uh, waiting for you guys to chime in on your characters but I was going to, but all I know about Little House on the Prairie is Michael Landon, and you can't recast him. Oh, yeah. No, there's no recasting Michael Landon. Oh, I know. Well, I'll show him in the Michael Landon part. With a wig? With a long, flowing wig? Um, wait, you, you do the spiel, Pat. I'm no good at it. Is the edge still open? No. I don't think so. Yeah, I think it's, it's too bad. Like us on Facebook. Write to us at popculturecontinuum at gmail.com with good ideas for future shows or just to complain about this show or just to say hello. Uh, write us highly on iTunes and that's it. Tell your friends about it and enjoy the show that you just listened to. Yeah. And thank you for coming on, Kristen. You're welcome. Yeah, you're fun. great. Thanks a lot. You should come again for a non-REM episode. Come up with okay. your own idea. I don't, my idea was already taken because you guys already talked about the X Files, and that's the only thing I know like a lot about. So you don't have to know a lot about. I mean, just I mean, okay. we could we I would be willing to do a Walter Mitty versus Walter Mitty episode if you're interested. I was gonna say you you know right. a lot about Walter Mitty. I know. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll I'll think up a topic and then email you guys. So we could do the just, short story versus the movie. Yeah, well, he just gave you an idea, so... Okay. Thanks for saying no to it. Let's do it! Let's do it! (laughs) Sorry, let's do it! All right. All right. So, uh, until next time, everybody, goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye! Oh, and you've been Rickrolled.